we are not calling other people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we're not a good member of humanity. Just like that husband or that mother, that man or woman who is not a good husband or not a good mother, they were not a good member of the family. If we are not doing da'wah and we are mu'min, mu'mina, then we're not a good member of humanity. This is the way Allah Ta'ala has created roles and relationships. So, the way, and you will see, when Allah Ta'ala, just very shortly I will talk about this, and Nabi Ibrahim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned about the alamah, the signs of the Day of Judgment. One of the most famous signs mentioned in the Hadith that you bear from the Sahih of Bukhari Muslim is that the slave girl will give birth to her mistress and that the naked, destitute, very poor shepherds, farmers, peasants will compete with one another to construct tall buildings. So many Muhajjahsi, they understood this literally also, definitely literally, but also that Allah was just giving two of many examples that the order of weight, the order and way Allah Taala. <coughs> created will be overturned. There will be social upheaval chaos. Because you're not supposed to give birth to your mistress. Your daughter is not supposed to be your mistress. So just like that, one of the signs of the Day of Judgment then, if we understand that in that way, is that instead of us giving dawah to the rest of humanity, the system will be overturned. The rest of humanity is going to give dawah to us means they will call us to westernization, to modernization, to some other, i.e. non-Islamic, non-Nabawi, non-Sunnah, culture, dress, fashion, way, lifestyle, way of speaking, right? So really we, I mean, you know, when you learn from our Mashaikh with the Sohub and Tazkiyah, they used to train us and fix us even the way we walked, even the way we talked, even our tone, our tenor. So I must tease all of you, here in East London. So, for example, if I was to do the same thing to you that my Sheikh did with me, so I would remove a few words from your vocabulary. Such as number one word I would remove from your particular vocabulary, East London, is the word thingy. Yes. Every time they talk to me, they say the word thingy. And I have no idea. They are not even insert this word. But actually, no, this is obviously a very slight thing I'm talking. It's not haram, it's not smukru, even in the slightest way. But the Mashaikh of Tazkiyah, they were looking at this, that we don't give them any mushabiyah. The way of talking should be the way of talking of the Mirdin Sallallahu Why? Because you see, the way the pristine, pure Arabic of the Quraysh spread was through the Sunnah. Nabiya Qurayshullah, he spoke that Arabic, and he tells Sahabi Naam, and then Tabir, and Taba Tabir, even non-Arabs, all the Persians, Uzbek, Bukhara, Samarkand, Tashkent, they all took that pure language because it was the language of the Qur'an and Sunnah. So this Armishai, the Sof and Tazkiyah, they took this training also. So even our language and the way we would speak and the words we would choose, this is why, and I'm sure now some of you will now be more familiar with this example, when in classical times and still today, when we write letters to Armishai, so we try to be better in our language. We try to have adab and use proper terms, and then even at the end we say this, you know, Shaykh, if I miswrote anything. So it's not because we have some slavish mentality, but because we realize that we have lost this teaching of adab so much that even in our writing, we sometimes miss out in our adab. Alright? So this, all of this part of being a da'iyah, and especially those of you, mashallah, are talibat of ilm, or alimat, ma'limat, so you, your whole manner of comportment, when we say that Allah's way of the Lord, Rujhan, Milan, Aki, Tarika, Aki, 
Sadiqa, Yisab, all of this has to be permeated with the nur of your Iman and Deen. <coughs> now whoever recites this kalima of Iman has been given an amanah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran, Inna Aladnan Amanah Ta'ala Samawati Wal-Ardah that indeed Allah Ta'ala says that we Allah Ta'ala presented this amanah, this tremendous burden and responsibility of the trust of being a voluntary believer. Right? On the Sabawat Al-Ardah. It means that Allah Ta'ala says that if you want, I can also give you the choice that you could choose Kufr or you could choose Iman. Like Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran about us human beings. Man sha'af al-yu'min, wa man sha'af al-yakfur. Whoever wants, they can adopt iman, whoever wants, they can have, they can disbelieve. Whoever wants, they can obey, whoever wants, they can disobey. The sabawat al-ard, the great majestic in terms of mass and size, creations of Allah Ta'ala, they said, no, no, we can't. We can't do that. We are too scared. We refuse to accept this burden responsibility that if you put in us, the possibility, if you give us the choice and the option that we could just believe in you if we want, choose to, we could disobey if we choose to, we don't trust ourselves that we will be able to manage that choice responsibly, so we'd rather not have that choice at all, we'd rather you keep us as an inanimate creation, make us a creation that has no choice, no will, no power, make us like that, it's better for us, make us a rock, make us a big mountain, we don't want to have that choice. So if it means you that we have that choice, we are the ones who have that amana. And what does Allah Ta'ala say about this amana for Allah? Inna Allah <coughs> Indeed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commands each and every single one of you to adul amana ta ila ahliha that you must deliver that trust to those who are truly entitled and worthy to it. Means in one sense, this has many meanings. But one meaning of this is this Iman, this gift of Iman, especially because 99% of us were born and raised in Muslim families. So this gift of Iman that we got for free, just out of the karam puzzle, tawfiq of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, is an amana. And we have to, who is the ass of that? All of humanity. That's what Allah said about the Kareem sallallahu And we haven't sent you except as a rahmah, as a mercy to the whole world. And we are the Ummah of the Bibrim Sallallahu We are his legacies. If we don't continue that mission of his, then there is no one else who continues the mission of a Nabi except their Ummah after them. So this is an amana for us. So the Anbiya delivered that amana perfectly, like Nabi Bibrim Sallallahu perfectly delivered that amana into the hearts and breasts of Sahabi Ikram, Radiyallahu Ta'ala Al-Usmaini. So placing this amana into the hearts of others, this in particular was the way of the awliyaullah mashayikh. They used to put this amana of wilayat, of kurub with Allah Ta'ala, of love for Allah Ta'ala, that they got from their elders into the hearts of others. Alright? And until and unless a person has that, then even any aspect of iman that you have, you have to try to share it and spread it with others. This isn't just only for the ulama to do, the difference is that the ulama can do it more, they can do it deeper, and they can do it on a wider scale. An ordinary person may not be able to do it at that level, but certainly within their family, within their friends, so all of you will have sisters, and women cousins, and neighbors, and women friends, and 
other women you may meet in your life who are distant from Allah SWT, who have forgotten Allah SWT, who are distant from the Sunnah of the Sallallahu Maybe they're distant from Salah, maybe they're distant from Haya. So these are things that you know. You don't have to be an alima to understand these things. And you can see it in that woman. You don't have to be an alima to see that in her. You can see that she desperately needs Allah SWT. You can see that she's been deluded and she's not dressing properly or she's chasing or letting herself be chased after manna. You can see that. You don't need to be an alima to understand that this is a problem. And she is coming in front of you. She probably won't even go within 10 miles of an alima because she knows she's not practicing her deed. But you happen to be her friend or her cousin. Or indeed, as the case may even be, you happen to be her sister. Alright? So you have to be a da'ya to her. You have to, what does it mean? It means da'wa means to invite someone lovingly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To invite somebody gently to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To take a person and help them fall in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what it means. Today we're not talking about any particular single one method of da'wah of any particular methodology I'm talking about in the broadest sense and that will be true for any and all groups and methods and methodologies alright and especially like I said especially those of you who are mashallah alimad alimad talibad then you have that greater responsibility like I said to do it more to do it at a greater level to spend more of your life for that even the women now have to be, you know, this al-ulama al-anbiya, even one linguistic analysis of this hadith is why did Allah use for those of your alimans the jamul muqassar? Because the jamul muqassar is clearly encompassing both genders. If Allah said al-alimun, al-alimun, warithun, then that would have been clearly mentioning the male gender as opposed to the women gender. So Allah used jamul muqassar, right? And the ulama siga can also mean that it includes men and women, both, alright? So, whether you're alama or not, where is this time going to come for you to make da'wah? It's not going to come at the cost of your family life. So to make it clear, you must fulfill all of your other roles and responsibilities. In addition to being a good member of humanity, you have to be a good member of family. It will come from your free time. And to be more blunt, it will come from your lazy time. It will come out of the extra sleeping, the extra baking, the extra cooking, the extra gardening that you do, which is a luxury that neither you nor the Ummah can afford anymore. We don't have that luxury anymore. You can no longer learn how to cook a hundred kinds of series. Ah, yes, because there's no time for that. There's no time. That's the time you're supposed to be doing Dawah of Deen, Khidmat of Deen. And if sometimes you may not always have that opportunity, then that was the time you were supposed to be doing more zikr, more ibadah, more salah, more nafil, more dua. So the time that comes from all of these activities of deed, to be very clear, will never come at the expense of your being a good wife or a good mother, right? The time for this is going to come from your free time and your lazy time. And your luxury time that you've been indulging in other sorts of, they may be halal. I accept savories and all that is halal, but they are luxuries. They are pleasures and joys that are luxuries because it's not even just the rest of humanity. As all of you know, even we, we are barely able to do da'wah on others because we're so busy doing da'wah on our own ummah. This is another tragedy. 
then all of the people of Deen have to, illa mashallah, they are with the groups doing down on Muslims, but the great vast majority are so busy just trying to guide and connect existing believers to Allah subhanahu wa And can you just imagine if the entire Ummah was fine and the entire Ummah was well guided and all one or 1.5 or two or however many million believers there are in the world, if they all were rightly, properly guided and doing Ahmala Saleh, then, then all of them did da'wah on the remaining four billion people, Islam would spread the world. So Allah Ta'ala has made it the perfect system. But the problem is that our Ummah has failed. We don't have 1.2 billion da'is in the world. We have 1.2 billion people who have said the sentence of God on their tongue in the world. So it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Then you should understand another aspect of Allah Ta'ala's creation. But I was telling you that Allah Ta'ala has created us naturally in this system of da'wah. And you would have observed that, I'm sure, that every human being in every relationship with another human being, right? One of those two parties in the relationship is Ghalib and the other is Mablu. It's always like that. Either the husband is the leader or the wife is the leader. Either the brother, older brother is the leader or the younger brother is the leader. Hmm? Of course, Allah Ta'ala wants the husband to be the leader, but mashallah, some families in the UK, in our experience, and sometimes the women run the show, right? But that's the nature Allah has made. Either you will be da'i or you will be mad'u. When you spend time with someone, either you will talk about their interests, they will run the conversation, mostly, or they will end up talking about your interests. Maybe put it another way. Either you will rub off on them, or they will rub off on you. So human beings are like that. There are some women, they're very impressionable. They say, you know, whenever I sit with so-and-so and she talks, I get so affected by what she says. Hmm? So obviously, look in that relationship. There's one woman who is affecting the other, and there's one woman who is being affected. So yes, this is also the way Allah Ta'ala made human beings like this. Why? So that those who had iman, taqwa, haya, sunnah in their heart, when they would do da'wah, they would be able to affect others. But unfortunately, because we have become so weak in our own iman, rather than our iman affecting others, instead we get affected by the dunya of others. So sometimes there may be a woman that, alhamdulillah, due to the puzzle and karam of Allah subhanahu she's actually not very materialistic. She's not very dunyami. She's actually happy, content with her home. But when she visits this other woman's home, and then the other woman talks on and on about the linens and sheets and curtains and upholstery and appliances. Then this woman, let's express her that then she starts getting affected. And she comes back and now she views her home in a different way. All of a sudden she sees a chip in the wallpaper that she never noticed before. All of a sudden she realizes how old that microwave is which she never noticed before. So what just happened? So there was an asr, this is called ta'thir. There was an uh, effect a transitive effect that that woman had on her. So this, now if you don't fill your heart with Iman, the effect will be an effective dunya. But that woman who fills her heart with Iman, and then with the nur of ilm, and then with the nur of zikr, then she will be able to be unaffected by the worldly effects of other women, and she will be able to affect other women by drawing and attracting their hearts closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one very important relationship that I will just mention here, also for you, is that every mother is a da'iyah to her children. 
if you really want to know what's the deal to Allah is about, about upbringing your children properly, is actually you have to dawah on your children and invite and connect them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see, now those women who are good da'iyas, they'll be good mothers, they'll be good spiritual mothers. And if there's a woman who never really did da'wah in her life, never talked to anyone about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, never shared anyone with anyone the beauty of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi she will have a tough time raising her kids. Raising her kids on deen. Raising her kids by connecting them to Allah subhanahu wa Then she will come and she will ask me this question. I don't know what to do. My child is this and that. I don't know how to bring them towards deen. So sometimes, and so obviously I will never be so harsh with you if you come individually, but now generally I'm telling you that sometimes one of the reasons is that yes, you don't know why, because you've never called anybody to deen in your life. What made you think that you could spend 30 years of your life never ever calling anyone to deen, and then somehow you would be blessed by Allah Ta'ala to successfully call your children to deen? So this was a chance you took, and this was not a good thing. This is not a good thing. So women are ultimately dying to their children. And that's a whole separate bayan, a whole separate course. Maybe one day we will do that for you. That's called the beard of Allah. Right? How women do dawah on their children. And in Islamic history, mashallah, women did dawah on everybody in their family. Sisters did dawah on their brothers. Wives did dawah on their husbands. Mothers did dawah on the sons. Daughters did dawah on the fathers. All of these examples are there right from the Sahabiyah all across Islamic history. One thing I will just tell you today is that by being a spiritual mother, it means that your heart must have the nur of zikr, taqwa, sunnah, and hayat. You always remember these four things. Zikr, taqwa, sunnah, and hayat. Like I can accept not everybody who have been alamah. But zikr, taqwa, sunnah, and hayat, these four things must be in your heart. If these four things are in your heart, then that will be such a nur, such a brilliant, radiant nur, that your children will be irresistibly attracted to you. How? Your children's kalb, the kulub, the kalb, the spiritual heart of your child will be attracted to your spiritual heart. And when their spiritual hearts are attracted to your spiritual heart, then it will be easy to attract them to deen, to guide them on deen, to keep them away from the fitness and the society around them. But if their hearts are not attracted to your heart, because your heart does not have that zikr, taqwa, haya, and sunnah, then no matter what sentence that you say, no matter how what words you use, you will not be able to attract their hearts towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his deen and Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa and his sunnah. So, one thing then that means in the beginning that we should do is this is this particular type of toba, we should make toba of this. Toba and what that we should have remorse and regret up till now, Ya Allah subhanahu wa there were indeed so many opportunities you gave me in Dawah, so many people whose hearts you made connected to mine, so many people whose paths you made cross my path in life, but I never even talked to them about you. I never talked to them about the Bibli, so I make Toba for that. And in the future, I want that any time you bring me into any interaction with any human being, and I want somehow that interaction to be a means of connecting them with you. 
you know, the old young Messiah used to write poetry about this. Our own Hazrati hero, some couplets in Urdu. Ya kare taskara tiraha shaks, varna mutsi guftuguna. Either the person should talk to me about you, or they shouldn't even talk to me at all. Means that the purpose of all conversation is only to remember Allah SWT. One great Arab lover of Allah SWT, he also made some Arabic poetry like this, that, uh, uh, that never ever do I sit with any of my companions except, Ya Allah, you are the topic of our conversation. So these were lovers of Allah SWT. And there are some people like that. They say never ever, they won't say it, they won't confess it, but the reality of their condition is never do they sit with their women friends except the topic of their conversation is dunya. But that's one type of person, or even worse type of person than that, never can they sit with their group of friends except that they do liba. So either liba, ghafla, dunya, or there is another option that they talk about Allah Ta'ala, the Bihagrisa, and Deen, Taqwa. So this is the first thing we should make Toba from this and feel sadness and regret that we hadn't made this Dawah up till now and we should beg Allah Taala to accept every moment and day and night of our life from now on to also be a person who calls to Allah Taala. We should also make this proclamation like we said Allah Ta'ala said in Surah Yusuf Allah Ta'ala said in Quran Qul hadith sabili alhu ilallah So why did Allah Ta'ala call this a sabili? But the Bible says when he calls Sabil, Sabil means this is my way of life. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is my calling. This is the be all and end all of my life. Adu ilallah. That I call others to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I call others to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the first thing we should understand, but another thing, second thing we should understand, is that they are the first step now, I'm going to go step by step, first thing is to make Toba for not doing Dawah up till now and making an Irada for the future to become a person of Dawah. Second is that to ask Allah Ta'ala to choose and accept you for any of the multiple different ways of Dawah and Tablis. You see, for example, one effort is on the effort of the Madaris Ulama. They do Dawah, they give lectures, they write the seer, they do Dersavadis, they teach the Durus in Masajid. So through their teachings and writings and ilm and creation of Madaris, creation of Makkah, they're doing Dawah to be. There are some people who, even within that specialize, like they give Dersa Quran specifically, and specifically through Quran do the Dawah to Another effort, as all of you know, is Jamaat of the Bleak, made by Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Kiliyah, Santana, one of the greatest awliya of Allah ever in the Ummah, and Allah Ta'ala took his wilaya through this work of Dawah. So that is another way. So women, when they go to Surah Jamaat, it means that women, they travel with their men folk to certain communities and areas, and meet women who have totally forgotten Allah's foundation. Then our Mashaikh of Tasawwuf and Tazkiyah, they also do Dawah. Well, this is their Khafkas, which is traveling. They teach people the love for Allah Ta'ala. They teach people the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And many women who are connected with them, they also do Dawah in the same way. And they guide and teach others also on this path of the love and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So there's so many ways of Dawah. Alright? This is the barakah of Allah Ta'ala. Because Allah Ta'ala Himself made it clear in the Quran. What did Allah Ta'ala say in Quran? That those people who strive in my path, in my cause, 
to please me, to spread deen, to do da'wah of deen, to come the deen, to establish deen, to deen the deen, deen, to revive deen. What will Allah Ta'ala do? لَنَحْنِيَتْنَهُمْ سُبُلْ سُبُلَنَا Allah Ta'ala said that He will surely, that we will surely guide them to many ways. Subul is the plural of sabil. So when people, ulama, mashayikh, made this jod, made this effort that we must do da'wah, we must guide people, to guarantee by Qur'an itself that there will never be just one way of da'wah. Even that's why even in the Sawaf there are different silsilas, even in Darsi Qur'an there are so many different tafsirs, even in Madars there are so many different da'alooms. So there will be different ways. So never think that da'wah must be restricted to any single one particular way or that any single one particular way is exclusively superior to everything else. I remember one of my great ustaz, Hazrat Mulana Mazzur, I mentioned, maybe you are not so familiar with Pakistani ulama, one of the great ulama of Pakistan and the work of Khatman Nabuwan. Allah gave me tawfiq to spend time in his sumpah, personal khidmah. So what, I used to ask him things sometimes that would confuse me because I was young. So, this a long time ago. So once I asked him a question, some questions and he gave me a very beautiful answer. So I'll explain to him Urdu, then I'll translate for those of you who don't understand Urdu. So he said, number one, all of the ways of calling to Allah Ta'ala and all of the ways of serving and spreading the deed, we believe in the virtue, excellence, nobility, reward of all of them, and we don't believe that any single one is superior to the best of the others. Alright? Then he said the second thing and he quoted of this, Hazrati Malana Yusuf who some of you know is the second Amir of Jamal the Tabriq after Hazrat Malana Muhammad, and Yasam Taleh. So what happened once is that Hazrati Malana Yusuf he came to Lahore and he met one of the greatest Oliyahullah known as Hazrat Ahmad Ali Lahore Namtale. Hazrat Ahmad Ali Lahore told him that Malana, Jab kisi bhi jamaat apni fana ke liye, apni baka ke liye, jab kisi bhi jamaat apni baka ke liye, dusri jamaatam ki fana ko zuri samajna shur kar de, aap ke chaamne ke ab wo jamaat ko bhai ki tarif jaan. When there's any group which thinks that for that to continue, that others have to fade away, then you should realize that now that group is in danger of going astray. What it means then, I'll give you examples that I want you to understand. You want to open up a maktab, you want to open up a madrasa, you want to give beyond somewhere. You should not worry. Maybe there's some other ulama doing it, other ulama doing it, no problem. You should never have any competition, rivalry, duplication, no. You should be happy. You should, the more people who are doing it, if somebody has the exact idea that you had, you should be more happy. If you had this idea you were going to give bayan on this surah and you found out that some other woman gave bayan on the surah right before you, right at the same neighborhood you wanted to, you should be happy. Just like if Homo Welfare Trust goes to some place in Syria and they find that Al-Ibdal already came and has already taken care of the people, so they'll be happy. They'll say, Alhamdulillah, somebody got here before us. Somebody reached these people before us. Then again they will go out and they will make effort and may Allah Ta'ala make us reach people. Alright? So this, um, 
Brahma in this world is very wide. So you have to do multiple, many forms of dawah, and you should do so in a way of humility and sincerity. In a way of humility and sincerity. This way, when everybody does dawah in all of these different ways, then you should also understand that Allah will also bless some people that they will be doing dawah full time. But even those of you who can't do dawah full time, you should still do, all of you should do dawah part time. So those who do dawah full time, this is what Allah SWT has mentioned in the Quran, that indeed from amongst you there should be a group. Again, the word Ummah is used, that means a group. That they should do dawah in al-khair, they should call people towards every beautiful teaching of deen. And they should try to enjoy that which is excellent and noble. And they must also try to guide people away from those things that Allah has prohibited, repudiated, which are unfair, unjust, incorrect. So these are the three ingredients then of dawah. That we do dawah towards khair, um, second amr bil maruf, three nahi al-mulkah. So these are the three common ingredients and must be there in any and every form of dawah, but there may be multiple ways to do these three things. And Allah Ta'ala has blessed these people who do full-time dawah, and indeed these people who do full-time dawah by doing all three of these things, then they will have salah, they will have eternal success and happiness and joy and felicity, and the reward will be with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Alright? So yes, mostly it's going to be ulama, uliya, mashayi who do this. Allah Ta'ala may bless somebody even who is not in that category. Mostly because you are women, so because you will be wives and mothers as well. So you may not be able to do it full time, but you should do it part time. Reason of mentioning this verse is that even the person who does part time dawah has to have the same ingredients, these three ingredients, that the person of full time dawah does. Okay. Point number three is you must lead, so again, point number one was Toba of not doing dawah, irada to do dawah from now on. Second point was the understanding that there will always be many ways of dawah, no one way is better than the other, that you want to do as much dawah as you can, and that the ingredients of dawah, dawah il khair amal bimaruf wa nahal So, here you can number the points however you want. I will just, next, next point is that the best way of doing dawah, there is one way that can be called the best way, and that means lead by example. It means you yourself must become what you call other people to. And this is common in any methodology, but at the individual level. You must have that hayal that you call people towards. You must have the tawakkul that you call people towards. You must yourself have that love for Allah that you call people towards. This is a critical thing. Critical thing. And this is one of the great sunnahs of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like the Arabs used to say, Putiatul Madina, that Madina Munar was conquered with akhlaq, with the akhlaq, the character of Nabi Akhlaq, not with the sword, with the character of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu And this is the history of so many Sahaba Ikram. Yes, there is that other history there, right? But that's not for the women, another way of spreading deen. Then there's another history of the way Sahaba Ikram spread deen simply through their character. They would travel the world. In fact, Hazrat Mulanam, uh, he's written in one of his books that once a group of eight uh, Tajir, eight Muslim uh, business 
men tradesmen, they went to China, and they went for tijara, they went for trade, they didn't go for dawa, they didn't give dhyan, they went for business. But the akhlaq were so good, and the beauty and nobility with which they conducted their affairs had such an impression on those people, that those people accepted imam. Hmm? Now you imagine that if a person who has the nur of akhlaq, adab, deen in their hearts, even if they talk to somebody about dunya, means they were buying, selling, trading, right? Even when they talk to somebody about dunya, still the nur in their heart is, has such an effect. So then if you were to get that nur in your heart, and you were to talk to somebody about deen, and you're not even talking to an unbeliever like they were talking to unbelievers of China, on top of that you're talking to a believer, so can you imagine the effect that it will have? So then that means that brings us to the next point, which is the importance of having this nur. What our Mashaik they call nur al when you want to make dawa. This is why, this is why, Adu'u illallahi ala basira. That I make dawa to Allah subhanahu wa but how ala basira? You see, there's something called basarat. There's something called basirat. Basarat means your eye vision, your visual perception, right? And basira means your heart vision, your spiritual perception. You can call it insight. So you can understand it like this. Allah Ta'ala bestowed the greatest ulama with something called faqahat, you need tafakku. And Allah Ta'ala bestowed the greatest salihin with something, you need the awliya Allah with something called basirat. So the greatest ulama can do greatest dawah through ilm if they have tafakku. And then the greatest awliya and da'is can do that dawah to Allah if they have this basirat. So basirat means they themselves have that nur, nur of the love for Allah Ta'ala. Nur of deen. This is why Allah Ta'ala said, Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala that whomsoever Allah Ta'ala himself has irada, Allah Ta'ala's own will and wish is that he wishes to guide that person, yashrah sadrahu lil islam. So it's not going to be an ugly. Allah Ta'ala expands their breast for the deen of Islam. How? That means this is a nur that comes into their breast and expands their breast for deen of Islam. That's why when the awliyaullah used to travel this world, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of disbelievers would accept Islam. When Hazrat Fadim Mina the Chishti and used to walk around India, thousands and thousands of Hindus, Mushrikun, used to accept Deen, not because of any lecture he gave, not because of any explanation of why Shirk is wrong that he gave, nothing. Just because of his nur, the nur of his haya and taqwa and sunnah, the nur of his zikr and ta'luk with Allah Ta'ala attracted those Hindus in the thousands and thousands. Even Hindu historians accept this, that this is how Islam spread in India. Allah Akbar. This is, this is the greatest da'wah. You see that one wali of Allah Ta'ala, one Hazrat Abhinu Dinjistan Ta'ala brought hundreds and thousands of non-believers to Islam. Hmm? Hundreds and thousands of Hindus to Islam. In the past hundred years, all of our efforts, whether Madrasa, whether Tukliki Jamaat, whether Hanka in India, cannot have brought hundred thousand Hindus. <laughs> so why is that one wali on one side, and all Madrasa, Hanka, Tukliq on one side? Because that one wali had this incredible nur <laughs> of love for Allah Sponsor in his heart. <laughs> so we have examples like that. Others like that. Examples like that in history. You think it's just like that that they became 1.5 billion Muslims in the world? There was a huge dawah effort 
How did it go from 124,000 Sahaba to 1.5 billion people in one millennium? Hmm? This was a huge Dawa effort. Huge Dawa effort. Now there are some attributes of the Dai, attributes of Dawa you should have. Number one, if you must, if you want to make Dawa, you must put in your heart love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Dawa always has to be based on love. If you don't do it out of love for Allah Ta'ala, you will do it out of love for yourself, for love for your group, or some other love. So first and foremost must be that love for Allah Ta'ala. Like Allah Ta'ala said Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّهُمْ That those who have iman, they're extremely intense in their love for Allah Ta'ala. Extremely intense in their love for Allah Ta'ala. Now when you have that intense love in your heart, and then you talk to someone, and then you talk to someone, you see like they say, whatever comes from the heart, hits the heart. So if it comes, that dawa comes from a heart that loves Allah Ta'ala, it will penetrate that other person's heart and make that person's heart love Allah Ta'ala. Means it also explains to you, this is the asal of dawa. The asal of dawa is we are calling people to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the asal. Now they may express that love for Allah ta'ala by she will wear hijab, and she will wear niqab, and she will start praying salah, and she will leave sins. That's all the expression of that love. So we have to call them to the feeling. Always remember this, that we make dawa not to actions. We have to call people to feelings. That once they get those feelings in their heart, then they'll be able to do actions. It's the same thing with you and your children. Right? How many times can you force your child to pray? The problem is not in no, you have to talk to your children about Allah. You have to make your children fall in love with Allah. When your children have that feeling of love for Allah, then they will themselves want to pray. The action will have to come from their own feeling and their own heart. So your job is to work on their heart and to connect them to feelings. So the greatest feeling of a believer, the greatest ashad, And another reason why you want to focus on this love in Dawa is that every believer has some love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if they're sitting, even if they're outwardly not praying, even if she's not in hijab, even if she's smoking, even if she's in sinful relationship, whatever it is, deep down there is still some love for Allah in her heart. That's the material you work with. That's your focus in da'wah. But how are you going to work with that material if you're in your own heart, you don't have love for Allah Hmm? So it's the lovers of Allah who know how to bring out that love how to draw that love, how to fan the flames of that love. So that's why it's so important that you must be a person of zikr, you must be learning this love for Allah You must yourself be a seeker on the path of the love for Allah Means in English, so to speak, that you must yourself join this caravan of the lovers of Allah SWT. It's only when you also set forth on this spiritual journey to be his lover that you will be able to call others to this path as well.
principle in Dawa is that whenever you give Dawa, you should make Dawa without any ulterior motive, without any expectation, without any desire that somebody else will praise you, or they will do something for you, or they will like you personally. No. You only want that they should love Allah Ta'ala personally, they should be connected to Deen personally. This is why so many of the Anbiya, their sentence is quoted in the Quran that they used to tell their communities. Anbiya used to say this, Ya Qawmi, that oh my entire community, oh my people, La As'alukum alayhi ajra, and I seek and I ask you no reward for this Dao that I'm giving. And the Dao of the Anbiya, that's incredible. They were the Anbiya, were the ones who helped people who had forgotten Allah Ta'ala, people who fell in Kufr and Shirk. The Anbiya did the greatest Ahsan on their own, that they connected those people to the belief in one Allah SWT. The greatest favor anybody can do. Actually, Dawah is the greatest favor anybody can do. But Deed and Allah Ta'ala Prophet this is Quran agreed to teach you with me. That our Deed is teaching that no, you should never be seen. Urdu is Asadi Jitwala. Abna Aku Kisika Mosin Isamas. You shouldn't think that you did somebody a favor. This is very important. This is called ikhlas. To have ikhlas in your niyyah, that you're only doing it for Allah Ta'ala. So you should remember these verses in which the Anbiya uh, said this. Next point in Dawah. If you should not be selective when you give Dao. Obviously, no single one of you can give Dao to anyone and everyone in the world, but it means that, so you will have to select, but let me explain that you should not select on this basis. What does it mean that you will only give Dao to rich, you won't give Dao to poor, you will only give Dao to Surati, you will not give Dao to Baruti, huh? You only give Dawah to Bangladeshi, you only give Dawah to Pakistani. Huh? In that note, though that cannot be basis of selection. Right? You have to, anyone and everyone who Allah Ta'ala puts in your path, or you who have access to them, that you can select. Right? You can say, look, I will talk to these people because they have some love for me in their hearts. They've opened their hearts for me. I know them, they're inviting me. These are basis of selection. Right? You can say I can talk to these people because I speak their language. That can be a basis of selection. You can say I talk to this group of people because I understand their issues. And I don't understand those issues. That can be a basis of selection. You might feel that way, that you know I would love to try, but I think that this other alama, she understands these people better than I do. It's better if she goes. Because I don't understand them. I won't be able to connect them to Allah SWT. But normally, our Mashai trained us that even although I told you the second thing technically is true, that you could select on these reasons, but our Mashai said you shouldn't even select on that. That's why we've seen our great Mashai for the great large part of their life, they would try their best to accept any and every invitation. Any and every invitation. Only then when literally their schedules would be so packed, it was just now impossible to go to every beyond that they would be asked. Unless an Aish self in my Hadithi when he was 40 years old, he used to go anywhere and everywhere. Alhamdulillah, I've traveled with Hadithi in deep village, rural areas of Pakistan, really humble, where anybody used to come as you would go. Thus we would go, and we were traveling in inner Punjab, villages, farms, Kachi Masjid, Pakki Masjid, places where there was no electricity, because that was the Zaman of it. And then, then when Hadithi's international travel started, 
anybody from any country who would come, Hazrat Ali would come. You know how he came to Africa? Hazrat Ali was in Medina Manawara and he went to say Salaam at the Rosa. There was some man there from Mozambique. He was an old man. I won't say his name. I know him. He was an old man. And he just saw Hazrat Ji there. And he just was so, this is his own narration, he was so impressed. He, he was just watching how Hazrat Ji gave Salaam. And he could tell that this is a person who has some unique love for Nabi Sallallahu And some unique thing is happening. So then he asked, he just followed Hazri Arad al-Masjid, and he said, Hazri, I, I, he didn't say, he said, I don't know how he dressed him, Shaykh or Maulana, you know, I was watching you inside, and I've fallen in love with you, and I'm from Mozambique, and I would like you to visit my country. But Hazri said, fine, huh? I will love him back to Pakistan, and then he said, visa, so there's no direct flight to Mozambique, so you have to come through South Africa. But the rest is history, huh? Actually, when Hazi went to South Africa, so he departs at the whole, he had a cousin in Zambia. So he told my, his cousin that, oh, you know, the Sheikh is coming from Pakistan, and he's going to Mozambique. So the Zambian, he said that, oh, if he's going to Mozambique, why can't he also come to Zambia? Now I can tell you the rest is history. Allah Akbar. And so any place, Hazrat would go. Now obviously, you know, as the years get older than Islam, but we used to see this. Halakha for a Pakistani Adam to go to Mozambique. Who thinks? You see, there's no selection. But I was telling you, Hazrat didn't do that. Oh, I don't know the people, how will I talk to them, I don't understand their background. You know, at that point, Hazrat not even exposed to the global Gujarati diaspora phenomenon. Even before I went to South Africa in 2002, I never even knew Gujaratis existed. So I mean, it's a whole network, right? So these Mashayans, they just went, they view it as Allah Ta'ala. As Allah Ta'ala opening doors for them. Whatever door Allah Ta'ala would open, they would go. They wouldn't think, right? They wouldn't think. Allah Akbar. So you should be the same way any woman who Allah Ta'ala sends across your path. She is the woman for you to make dawah upon her. Right? Just so you remember, all of you know the story, I'll just very briefly refer to it so we can continue. Allah Ta'ala said, Abbas Abba So you all know the story, that what happened when Sayyidina in a sense also became selected, right? About who he was giving dawah to. So Allah said, no, whoever comes to you with ikhlas, you must try and give them time. So especially, then this is a special point, when somebody comes to you with talab, with desire, at that point you must, this is the time you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice your comfort, you have to sacrifice, this is maybe a bit more for the men, but sacrifice your comfort, sacrifice your rest, sacrifice your home, if somebody comes to you with talab. Because the talab of a fellow believer, talab means the desire in a fellow believer's heart, that they want Allah Ta'ala, that desire should be irresistible to you. Alright, and you should always respond with a yes to them. Next point is you must always have compassion and affection for that person. You should never look down upon them, or then if they don't listen to you, be angry with them, or hold grudges against them, or be irritated by them, or turn away because they didn't listen, but I told her, but she doesn't listen to me. I've tried so many times, but she doesn't listen. And Allah Shibli Ramanata, he wrote the Sirat al-Nabi, that Sayyidina Rasulullah went to Abu Jahl 3,000 times to give da'wah in his life. 
3,000 times, and you know every single one of those 3,000 times, we can just imagine how rude Abu Jahl must have been. Slamming doors, saying mean words, a love of her, we can't know, but we can every single time in an intense negative response. 3,000 times. Why? Because the Beatrice had so much wish, so much ikhlas, so much what we call khair khahi, uh, so much a well-wisher for them. This is why the Anbiya, this is what Allah also mentions, they're saying in Quran, in uridu, that I want nothing illa except illal islaha mustadatu, that I just want to try to fix things as much as I can. I want to help these people as much as I can. I want to do their islah as much as I can. So the purpose of da'wah, this is clearly in Quran, is islah. The purpose of da'wah is to do islah of others. Right? So because you want to do just like the doctor, doesn't look at the illness of the patient, is not bothered by the pus or the blood or the germs. No, the doctor is the healer. He wants to do their islah. Nothing about the patient can disturb the doctor. Alright? And yet you will get these qualities when you do ibadat and zikr of Allah SWT. When you make dua to Allah SWT. So this is why it's very important then that when you want to make dawah, you have to make more dua, zikr, ibadah. Especially at Tajjus. And this is really why a lot of our dawah efforts fail, because we just make dawah based on our mind, and our planning, and our akum. Actually dawah is just from the kalb. Da'wah is based by making du'a for Allah Tahajjud, making du'a for the Ummah, making du'a for the people you're going to meet, making du'a for the people you already met. Our Mishan used to make so many du'as, Ajib, one of the Mishan of Rasulullah, used to make du'a for Allah like this, that Ya Allah, anyone who has ever associated with me, anyone who has ever met me, anyone who has ever met any one of my companions, Anyone who, even if one of my companions was standing near them, anyone who was one of my companions, there was a fly on his shirt, that fly flew and landed on somebody else, anyone with any remote connection, Ya Allah send your calm and rahmah, calm and bhakfara, calm and hidayah on them. Allah Akbar. Ajee, They had this uh, worry and concern and love. So you have to have that same feeling. What is it that you present that worry, concern, love, and dua to Allah subhanahu And best is to make those du'as at the time of the hajjah, last through the night, because that is the time when Allah Taala accepts the du'as the most. And throughout the whole history of the ummah, this was the time of the du'a of the anbiya, this was the time of the du'a of the awliya, this was the time of the du'a of the mujahid, this was the time of the du'a of the da'i. We must be there and present uh, your du'as to Allah subhanahu at that time. Next feature is that a da'i should always have khushu and khushiya means should have fear and awe and reverence to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear and awe and reverence to Allah subhanahu Always remember that it's the azmat and the magnitude and glory. Always remember the majesty, the majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we are utterly insignificant and utterly unworthy of serving thee. If Allah Ta'ala accepts it, it's just His puzzle and karam and rahmah that He allowed us to do some service of His deen. Allowed us to do some service of His deen. Next point is that generally, but also during zikr, 
Uh, during Tawah, a person must be making zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Most famous story of this in Quran is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the revelation of Sayyidina Musa salam. You see, first Sayyidina Musa salam, he asked Allah ta'ala, that Ya Allah, can you make my brother, Harun, a Nabi also? Allah ta'ala said, okay, I make him Nabi also. Why did Sayyidina Musa salam ask this dua? So the Ulama Tafsir, they mentioned that because Sayyidina Musa salam, when he was a baby, he put that hot coal in his mouth, so he spoke with a slight slur, or a slight lisp. Okay, that's in ground that Sayyidina Harun al-Islam is afsah, that he has more fasaha, he's more eloquent than me. But then Allah Ta'ala, after giving his brother, and he Sayyidina Harun al-Islam Nabuwa, then Allah Ta'ala told, what? So Allah Ta'ala said to the ground, Now you and your brother, if you wanted your brother to be a Nabi, I gave him Nabuwa. Now you and your brother, you will go. Bi'ayati, and I also give you my miraculous signs, the staff, and the light from your arms. But, even though your brother, who is more fasid than you, I have given him the bua, and I have given you miraculous signs, but these are all asbab. What's the real thing that's going to help you in your work of da'wah, O Nabi Musa alayhi That, O oh, you and Harun should not slack in the slightest in my zikr. So the asal of da'wah was the zikr of Allah Not the eloquence of speech that Sayyidina Muhammad had not the miraculous signs that Allah Ta'ala gave Sayyidina Musa Islam. The asal basis of the da'wah is going to be the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It's going to be the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And who is Allah Ta'ala sending them to? All of you know, إِذْهَبْ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ إِنَّهُ تَغَاقٍ All the way to Fir'aun. So it means the real power of da'wah lies in the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So that's why it's important that a woman must be zakir first, da'iya second. Zakir first, da'i second. Because the da'wah is mokuf on the zikr. The daily I just told you, Allah Ta'ala is telling Musa Islam that you're going to be zakir first, nabi second. First you make sure you have zikr, then you can do da'wah of this nabuah. So the importance and priority of zikr is established from Qur'an al-Kareem. Because zikr is the basis, zikr is the asal. Zikr is the nur through which the da'wah will take place. And it's very simple, because if a person tries to do da'wah without zikr, then they will be empty from inside. Now I should make it clear, because we're living towards the end of times, and because there's so much fitna, fasad, fis, kujur, so Allah Ta'ala also made His own hidayah, aam and taam. So it will happen, and it has happened, and it does happen. But there are many people who don't have zikr in their hearts, and they do da'wah, and that still has an effect. Yes, 100%. But the point is that, can you imagine what effect it would have had if they had zikr on their heart? So rather than looking at how much dawah we are outwardly, apparently, successfully able to do without being zakirin, instead they should dream and imagine that how much dawah, Ya Allah, is ghafat ki halat mein, aap itna dawah ko chale rahe, to agar maybe zikr takwa wala banda, to patina aap itna dawah ko kaam lehte. Hmm? How much work Allah Ta'ala would take if I had this zikr in my heart? And then a person should think that on the day of judgment, what if Allah Ta'ala asked me precisely this question? 
that I will show up thinking that Allah will reward me for whatever da'wah I was able to do with the zakir heart. But instead Allah will punish me that because you didn't have a zakir heart, you could have done so much more da'wah and you didn't do that more da'wah, so aaj uski pooch ho Today we will ask you and punish you about that. Hmm? So this is the tertib again. Allah Ta'ala Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Musa Alayhi Salaam which all of you know, he's from the Ulul Azam and Biya. And he's saying that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Salam, Sayyidina Musa Alayhi Salam, Sayyidina Ibrahim Alayhi Salam, Sayyidina Nuh Alayhi Salam, Sayyidina Adam Alayhi Salam. These are the ulama, these are the six greatest Anbiya. They're called Ulul Azam and Quran. And some even view that Sayyidina Musa Alayhi Salam and Sayyidina Ibrahim Alayhi Salam, Sayyidina Isa Alayhi Salam are all equally the second greatest Nabi after Nabi Ibrahim Sallallahu Alaihi Salam. So for such a high level of da'wah, that don't you let yourself forget slack, lapse. Don't let a single lapse of zikr take place at all. Next point is that another feeling that you should have in your heart is what we call gham, darun. Because this is also sunnah feeling. That Nabi Karim his heart was overflowing with grief and concern for the Ummah. Yijo Ram or Dharat Dilhina Yevi Allah Kubara Kubulata. Allah Kubara Mahubin. But it has to be genuine. Your heart really genuinely has to feel the pain. Really genuinely feel the pain. Your heart should genuinely be sad. And sad, not in a way that it makes you depressed, the things you see in the Umaran, you know, that you're saddened by it and that motivates you, that makes you get up out of your couch, that makes you get out of your laziness, the sad and tragic state of the believers in this Ummah makes you realize that you don't have time for the luxuries anymore, that you have a burning love and figure for the Ummah in your heart. That's how you have to be. This is also a sunnah feeling of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a beautiful example of Allah's mention in the Qur'an. لَعَلَّكَ بَاقِعُ النَّفْسَكَ أَلَّا يُقُنُ مُؤْمِنِينَ That you are going to let yourself collapse in grief. You are going to let yourself fall in grief. Why? Because they are not believing. And yes, this was the nature of the vehicle. He was so concerned that his Ahl Makkah and his Ahl Quraysh and his own family, his own tribe, his own fellow fellows <coughs> were not accepting Iman, it grieved him deeply. This is a sunnah feeling. And our problem, you know, look how distant we've become. If you're driving on High Street for some reason at night, you're coming back from travel, you visited your parents in Birmingham and husband is bringing you back and you see the fitna out there at night, Instead of feeling sad for them, you start getting attracted to it. You start looking at it. You start getting interested in it. You get affected by it. You should have been so worried about these people. That look how they're walking around, and look at the things they're doing, and look at the drunken state they're in. You should have had such a freaking concern. Hmm? And how could I... I'm not saying you should go visit your parents, and I'm not saying like that. But at that moment, a person should feel like this. Even though you don't change your decision, but your heart should have been so sad, you should have felt that, oh, you know, how could I spend this weekend with my parents? I should have spent the weekend looking for these people. I should have talked to this woman all day about Allah And maybe she wouldn't be walking around like this in such an embarrassing way. That's how you're supposed to feel. Instead of sneaking glances and kind of being interested, 
Allahu Akbar Kareemah. Hmm? We're so distant from the heart of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi It's not that we're distant from his zamana, it's that our heart feelings have become distant from his heart feelings. Next point of doubt is to have shukr in your heart to Allah Taala if He accepts any dawah from you, and to have shukr in your heart for those people means you should in your heart feel gratitude and appreciation towards those people who are doing dawah. So this is at least okay. Maybe if you weren't able to do dawah, maybe you were a child, you have small children. So at least your heart should feel that appreciation and gratitude and love for the people of dawah, to the workers of dawah. And when you are doing the dawah, your heart should feel the appreciation, gratitude and love for those who are accepting or listening or who Allah is presenting in front of you for the sake of that dawah. For the sake of that dawah. He gave a beautiful example about this issue that I was telling you before about ikhlas as opposed to competition. So he said that there's a masjid, somebody builds a masjid. And that Bani, the original founder of the masjid, it so happens that right across the street, a second person builds the masjid. A second person builds a second masjid. So that person gets happy and thinks that Alhamdulillah, before I was just one person and there was one masjid and we could accommodate 200. But now in front of me, there's now another imam and another masjid. Now together we can have 400. That's called a class. But if instead he has some cringing in his heart, some feeling in his heart, and why did he open masjid in front of me? So that means he doesn't have a class. So this remembers the story of our own institution. There was a great khalifa, it was a time that it was Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Hassan al-Tanay. He was the father of Jamir Shafi al-Lahore, where Allah Ta'ala blessed me to study. So his son, Mawana Fazl Rahim, who was my ustaz, Hazrat he once told a story that when he was young, his father, he made Jami Shafi originally in a place called Dila Guman Anarkali Lahore. And it was recently after independence, and so he was looking for teachers because it was a new mother son. So then he hired one teacher, uh, but that teacher was what we call Madri Mizaj. Uh, and that teacher, he was a follower of Hazrat Malana Hussein Ahmad Madri Abdullah who had felt at that time that they shouldn't have made Pakistan. But this was one of the Lahori followers, so he lived in Lahore anyway, so he didn't leave Lahore to go to India. He stayed in Lahore, which now became Pakistan, but his own heartfelt belief was that we shouldn't have made Pakistan. So there he accepted the offer and he taught in Jamia Shafir for one year. But during that one year, it was clear that the mizaj was not, you know, the personality temperaments were not aligned. So they mutually decided with happiness and pure love with each other that the teacher would go his separate way. And when he went his separate, what did he do? He opened up another mother's right across the street from Jamia Shafia and he called it Jamia Madaniya. The Jamia Ashrafia, Ashraf named after the Mahasrafia. So he named the Jamia Madaniya after the Mahasrafia. So Mala Fazir Rahimi narrates the story himself about his own self. He says, I was a boy and I was upset. I said, how could that Ustal go and open up a mother said, right across my father's mother's son. So he said, I went to my father. And I went to Abu Ji, oh my dear beloved father, look at this teacher, what he did. You were so kind to him, he kept for one year, and he's left you, and now he's opened up a mother's right in front of you. 
And you've called our mother to Jami Shafi, and he's calling me Jami Shafi. Because he was a young man, so he was, he was upset. So he said, my father sat me down, who very seriously sat me down, and said, look son, if you were walking in the market and you had a very big burden you were carrying, and then somebody came to you and said, can I take some of that burden from you, would you be happy? And he would say, yes, if I was carrying this very heavy thing, and somebody came and they helped me, so they're sharing in the burden, so I'd be happy. He said, just like that, Mulana has done a great favor for us. That when after partition, we were the only <coughs> mother son Lahore from our Pulamadhuva. And now, Alhamdulillah, he's opened a second one. So now there are two Madaris, and inshallah, there will be many more. And Alhamdulillah, now there are hundreds and hundreds of Madaris in Lahore. Thousands of Lahore. So this is Ikhlas. This is Ikhlas. So just like that, we have to have ikhlas in every, across every work of Dawah. If there's some woman that you were working on and she ended up in this other maktab instead of teaching in your maktab, you should be happy that Hamzah will lug it. Right? You shouldn't be upset that, oh, why? She should have taught here, she shouldn't have taught there. She should have joined this movement, she shouldn't have joined that group. She should have been with that teacher instead of this teacher. You should be happy with any and everyone who gets connected in any way. Our job is to worry about those who are not connected to Allah not connected to Deen. And there's millions of them like that. Millions of them like that. Alright. Now, for those of you who, just a couple of pointers for those of you who are Alamans. Now, obviously not every one of you will be able to start your own madrasa. But my own feeling, and obviously, you know, I, I may not know that much about the exact dynamics of London, uh, but generally, as many madrasas as there are, it's always better. Because we've seen that Allah always populates those madrasas with students. But at the same time, not every single one alama can independently start and run her own madrasa. So, oh, some of you will join the existing maktab system, that is wonderful. You should try to be the best teacher you can be. You should try to be a team player. You should have all the characteristics and attributes we just mentioned in that collective work. Some of you could also choose to additionally or alternatively teach a station of Quran to some of your children, family children, local children in your own homes. Right? Whatever you are able to do, whatever you are capable of doing, and then those of you who are more better in your ilm of deen, and you can try to teach the women the seer of Qur'an, and try to teach the women the feelings of Qur'an, and try to teach the women the seer of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa try to teach women the sunnah and hadith of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa However it is, right? Whatever ability Allah has given you, you should try to use that and share the deen with others. In this, just like in the men, it's also important for the women. To do this work under the guidance and supervision of the ulama and mashayi. I can even tell you on the men's side, it's a world of a difference. So for the women, it's even more so going to be the case. So you need to get guided by ulama and mashai and how that you should best be able to serve and spread the deen in your ability in your area. Alright? Okay. Then another thing you should understand very clearly is anyone and everyone who makes any effort of deen 
at some point you will have to face some undesirable circumstances. There may be some difficulty, there may be some opposition, there may be some problems, there may be some envy. This is bound to happen. Alright? Your job in this situation is to have hilm, the humble sabr. You must have patience, forbearance, you must keep your heart connected to Allah For example, it might happen, I'm just giving it an example, that maybe you're a married woman and you live with your in-laws, and now when you try to do some work of deen, spreading deen, down, third sikhran, however it might be, so maybe your mother-in-law says some hard statement to you, that, oh, look at you, you just want to be great, you want people to praise you up, now I'm going to come to bakery. Actually, the reality is you were doing the same amount of housework that you were before, and she never said anything. But the day you started doing work of deen, she started picking on you. Don't let one little statement break your heart. Don't let one little statement break your firm resolve and your niyyah, your azm, irada to make da'wah. You should remember and recall that whoever does this work of da'wah will have to face the circumstances because all the anbiya had to face such circumstances of opposition. And they faced much greater opposition, more beyond your imagination, beyond anything that anything will ever happen to you. So don't worry if somebody says something. Yes, if they point out something that's genuinely wrong in you, a genuine mistake that you made, then you should fix that mistake. And if they're ridiculing you or making fun of you, maybe your husband says something, maybe your brother says something, maybe your parents says something, you shouldn't worry about that. You shouldn't worry about that. Your job is to keep benefiting and serving the deen and ummah with ikhlas. With ikhlas. This is why Allah SWT mentioned the surah of the sifat of the believers. All believers, sifat of the uh, attributes of the believers. That they're not afraid at all of the reproach of any critic. Anybody says anything, any taunt, sarcasm, anything. It doesn't affect them at all. They're not afraid of that at all. So you have to make yourself like that. You have to make yourself like that. That next attribute is you should make lot of sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're grateful, if you teach one child, Allah ta'ala will put five children in front of you. If you give beyond and three women come, you do sugar, Allah ta'ala put thirty in front of you. Yes? You know, our Zainab Academy in Lahore, we started in Lahore with eight students. Alhamdulillah, and it's been ten years now. You have to do sugar. You have to do sugar for whatever Allah Taala puts in front of you. Why? Because if you somehow get turned away, hmm? so Allah Taala, what does He say in Quran for the person who turns away? That if you turn away, that he will replace you. He will just replace you with some others. Then you will become mahroom. You thought you were only good enough that at least 20 people should have come in your bayan, therefore you don't give it again. So you weren't happy with the three people. You won't even get three anymore. Allah Ta'ala will take this work from somebody else. So you should never think that we're doing Allah's favor to Allah Ta'ala, we're doing a favor of deen by teaching in Makkah, teaching in Madrasa, going on Jamaat, teaching people zikr, helping women, counseling them on their marriage issues, <coughs> listening to them, being kind to them, being compassionate with them, no. 
Yes, Allah Ta'ala has been doing ishal on us. We should do the shukr for this. So we are so thankful to you Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala that you gave us this connection, resemblance with the Mashaikh, with your awliya, with your anbiya, that you have accepted me also to help others become, help others fall in love with you. Alright? Now I'm going to wind up with a few points here. First of these wind up points is that whenever, you know, listen to this very attentively. Whenever you will do any khidmat of deen, dawat of deen, Allah Ta'ala will send his special mother and nusrat upon you. You will get the khas, karam, fazl, rahman, nusrat of Allah Ta'ala. As long as you did that khidmat and dawat of deen with ikhlas. As long as you did that khidmat and dawat of deen with ikhlas. So let's go back to the story of Sayyidina Musa Islam and Sayyidina Harun Islam. Remember? Allah sent both of them with the ayat, the signs, told them to make zikr, told them to go in hawa ila fir'auna, in the hudaha, to go to fir'aun, because fir'aun is taha, he's transgressed all limits, now he's gone beyond any acceptable means. Okay. Now what happened? So Musa said they went, they went with the signs, they went making zikr, then Allah gave them another reassurance, greater than the miracle of the staff, greater than giving the brothers who Greater than reminding them to make zikr. What did Allah say in Quran? La taqafa. But don't let the two of you be afraid at all. Don't you worry at all in this work of Dawah. Why? Innani ma'akumah. That indeed I, I am Allah, I am surely, definitely with you. My mercy, protection, love is going to be with you every second. I will be hearing everything that happens to you and I will be watching everything that happens to you. Allah Akbar. It means I will be listening to whatever Quran says to you. Don't worry, I will be watching and seeing whatever he says to you. Don't worry, innani ma'akuma, I will be with you each and every single step of the way. This is the real help that Allah Ta'ala gave them. So what does it mean that anybody who makes this dawah and doing khidmah in any aspect, in any way for deen, that Allah Ta'ala Himself becomes that person's guide, that person's supporter, that person's helper, that person's companion. This is the proof of Qur'an okay. This is the proof of Qur'an okay. So you should never worry. In fact, the barakah of this dawah and khidmat of deen is that your yakin and Allah Ta'ala will just become more. Like we mentioned last night, for those of you who heard of receiver, your yakin, tawakkul, trust in Allah Ta'ala will become more, you will get istikamah, you will become firm and steadfast on thee. You will become firm and steadfast on thee. And really, this is our special nisbat. Alhamdulillah, Allah bless all of us with this, all of these, each and every single one of these attributes that we mentioned today and even many more that we could not even imagine and identify, all of them were present in all of the akabir of ulama al-Dubah. Whether you want to look at Hazrat Allah Qasim al-Nautirat Ali, Hazrat Rashid al-Gungurat Ali, Hazrat Madinat Ali, Hazrat Tanrat Ali, Hazrat Sheikh al-Hindrat Ali, or even later generations. But in those first two, three generations, all of them had all of these attributes. So this is our nisbah, this is our heritage. This is our connection. This is our connection. So this is the need that we want all of you. It doesn't matter 
what your background is, it doesn't matter what your education is, it doesn't matter how good your English or Urdu is, you just have to beg Allah Sultan. You will see that if there's a home and there's a fire set to the house, then it's not just the men who raise to put out that fire. Everybody puts out that fire. The women, the children, the elderly. Why? Because the house is burning down. Then nobody thinks. Everybody races to put water on that fire. Just like that, this ummah is being burned by the fire of sin, the fire of Pashaul Munkar, the fire of Bihayai, the fire of immodesty. And it's happening all around. So that's why we need that every woman who comes to comes to Masjid Maktab, who comes to Bayan, and every woman must raise, every woman must raise herself out from the comfort of her life and comfort of her home, and she must help. She must help. It's not enough now just for ulama and mashayikh The women must help put out this fire. And the work that women can do amongst women is much more than the men can do amongst women. You are the real foot soldiers. You have to go individually meet the women, individually sit with them, individually hear their issues, individually guide them, individually nurture them. Step by step you must untie every single knot in their imam. You must connect and tie every connection with Allah So we have a lot of hope in each and every one of you, and we have hope in Allah SWT that may He guide and accept all of us for the khidmat of deen, for the dawah of deen, and may He make this khidmat and dawah a means of each and every one of us becoming from the muttaqeen, salaheen, zakirin, mu'mineen, wa'akir da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil Before we make dua, I'm going to teach you a few small zikr stars that our Mashaikh teach. And if you practice this zikr, it will help you in your own connection to Allah Ta'ala, in your own tazkiyah, in your feeling of muhabbah, and obviously it will also be a one of many ways, but a very good way to get that zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart that is the core and the basis for dawah. So our Mashaikh, they teach, number one, that a woman, everyone, that you should, number one, recite Qur'an al-Kareem. Talawah to Qur'an. Every day you should recite some portion of Qur'an so you get the mood of Qur'an in your heart. So you get the feeling of Qur'an in your heart. Second is you should make istighfar a hundred times a day. Astaghfirullah wa rabbi min kulli dhanbi wa atubu ilayh. Third is you should recite the root shreef. Salawat ala nabiya kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala sinuna Muhammad. Hundred times a day. And you should do all of these things with feeling. So fair inshallah after we conclude and the men will go to the masjid for asr. So here that there are a few mullimat here as well and they will have a very small five ten minute session with you. Letting you know about different organizations, different efforts, different bounds you can listen to. Those of you who are interested in learning more about this path and speaker, you can understand these things more from them. But the key thing is to make all these different scar, recitation of Quran, scar, nurture with feeling. That your heart should always be trying to feel more for Allah So to help our heart feel more, then our Mishnah teach two zikrs known as zikr al 
that directly our spiritual heart should try to get the feelings for the Sultana. So there are two ways to do this. One is that all the time, so if you're women, so when you're in the house, when you're doing housework, when you're cooking, when you're sitting with family, if you're picking, dropping children, shopping, groceries, anytime you're doing anything that is not ibadah, anytime you're doing some worldly activity, even at that time your heart should be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your heart should always have feelings for Allah ta'ala. So for this you need to remember Allah ta'ala. You need to remember Allah ta'ala's love. Remember Allah Ta'ala's quote, Remember that Allah Ta'ala is with you, who ma'akum ayna ma'akum Remember that Allah Ta'ala is your wali, Allah wali unnatina amanu. Remember that Allah Ta'ala is your rab, and He is providing for you. Remember Allah Ta'ala is astatar, He has concealed all of your sins. You just keep remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, you will keep having feelings for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is nothing to recite on the tongue. There's no particular formula for this zikr. It's just remembering and feeling. And that remembering and feeling will be from your heart. And then you want to remind your heart to always remember and to always have feelings. And then you keep reminding, keep reminding, so that then you can reach a stage that your heart always remembers Allah Ta'ala and your heart is always having feelings for Allah Subhanahu Those women, they are called Zakirat in Quran. Zakirat means those women believers whose hearts always remember Allah Subhanahu So we should all of you, and we should all want to be from Zakirin, Zakirat, but you have to remind your heart to remember. And then the last zikr of teach is that along with remembering Allah Ta'ala in your heart and having feelings all the time, there should be few minutes every day, 10, 15, 20 minutes, in which you only remember Allah Ta'ala in which you intensely feel for Allah Subhanahu wa and which you forget everything in the world except for Allah Subhanahu like Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَإِذَا خَلَقْتَ فَإِذَا That when you are free, you must turn your entire heart steadfastly to Allah Ta'ala with feeling of rahma. That you should now forget every feeling, forget every tension, stress, anxiety, forget every feeling. Now try to exist in a state that the only feeling you feel is the rabba, is the yearning, longing, love for Allah Taala. So this you will just practice for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, once a day, twice a day. And the way you will practice this exercise of zikr is by focusing on Allah Taala's name. Allah said, make zikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. And what happens when you make zikr of His name? Then you will be able to focus so much on that name that everything else will go out of focus. This is the barakah of Allah's name. Barakah of Allah's name. Full of barakah is the name of your Lord. The name of our Lord Rabb is Allah. So you must get in this habit, practice of every day, making zikr of Allah's name, but not from your tongue, from your heart. So you would just simply sit and make niyyah, that my thalb, my spiritual heart, is making zikr of Allah's name. This zikr in Arabic is called muraqabah, muraqabah. Also simply just called zikr of Allah. So if you practice these five zikr of inshallah the zikr will help you get more muhabba for Allah Ta'ala, the zikr will help you in your tazkiyah, getting cured and purified spiritual diseases. And secondarily, the zikr will also help you in your tawah. 
So you all of you should try to practice the zikr, you should listen to Bianas, Majalas, and Sashayat, because Bianas and Majalas, if you listen to them or you read them, will have a big effect on your heart. Those of you especially who know Urdu, that are Hazrat Jidam, Barakatim, Al-Aliyah, Bianas, in the hundreds and hundreds, and maybe now probably thousands, on the website, www.tisov.org, dozens of Urdu books, and the Mullah later will explain to you, you can access these things. If you don't know Urdu, then Alhamdulillah, we have presented much of our Hazrat works in English lectures, English Bayan, you can be guided to that as well. But not just listening to Bayan, you must live the Bayan. You must become the Bayan. You must adopt the teachings of Bayan. You must try to practice those teachings of Turkiya. And when you listen with that niyyah, and then afterwards you try to remember the points and become the points and live the points, it's that process through which the Bayan will be your Turkiya. So Bayan and Majalis and Zikr These are two things that you must Make a part of your life. Inshallah, Allah in all of your time, in all of your deen, in your ibadah, in your home, in your khidmah, in your nawa. Wa akhirat da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.